What's up, Redeemer family? It's Pastor Mac here with Pastor Benjamin. And today, uh, Pastor Benjamin preached a fantastic sermon on this Palm Sunday. Uh, it was really, really good uh, considering um, living in the story of Jesus and, and all about the story and the big idea. The big idea was Jesus is the king we need in our stories. Yeah. Jesus is the king we need in our stories. Fantastic big idea. And so we're just going to jump in with a few questions I had. I have four. I have four questions. Hopefully we can get to all of them. Uh, well, we will, because I already said we have four, so we're going to have to get to all of them. And there we you know, go. We can't, we, yeah, we can't, we can't uh, leave people hanging. And so first question is about the big idea. Jesus is the king we, we need in our stories. Well, for a lot of people, considering Jesus as the king is difficult sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right? That that idea of authoritarian language and things. So two kind of questions are question 1A, question 1B. Why do we think that is? And how can we help people become better acquainted with Jesus as a king? Yeah, I think to answer question number one, um, you know, the brokenness of our world, the ways in which uh, rule and power and authority has typically um, and continues to play itself out, right? So many people have been in abusive situations where someone um, was irresponsible with their power. Um, and so that's a problem because that forms us um, to be a particular kind of people who are, you know, standoffish towards anything relating to authority, even obedience, uh, submission. These all then become kind of hard words for us to get around because our experiences have been with leaders who have fallen. And so I think that creates a challenge for us. Then we have to see Jesus in the redeeming light that we're meant to see him as a different kind of king. Right. And I think that's another way that many people have approached Palm Sunday is, you know, that Jesus came as a different kind of king. You know, he didn't come on the war horse. He came on the donkey. He didn't come um, overthrowing everything immediately. He just he was humble. Even the story just before this in Mark they're arguing over who's the greatest and can we can we sit on your right and on your left and he's reframing it for him and saying no you got to go serve right it's that philippians passage that jesus didn't even consider himself um in that way he came and served and with humility laid his life down so i think um yeah it's hard for us because we've experienced so many abuses of power and what jesus is doing is reframing or redeeming the story and then showing us the way to be under the rule and reign of someone who is ultimately for our good. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's the part that we've got to get our minds or our hearts around. Amen. Amen. That's well said. Well said. Um, and yeah, just to add on to what you said about how we can, we can become better acquainted with this Jesus. And I think you answer it later. We're going to talk about it again. Um, but you talk about, we have to know the story. Mm-hmm. And if we spend time with Jesus in the scriptures, we find him to be that very good, that benevolent king, that king that's for us. So yeah, I agree 100%. Um, another great point you made, fantastic point. You said God keeps his promises. Yeah. So um, you also talked about that it took God a long time to fulfill some of his promises, particularly um, it took 500 years to fulfill one promise you talked about through Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how can we trust God when it seems that he isn't keeping his promises? And what does waiting and trusting God look like? Yeah, so I think it starts with understanding what God's promises actually are. 
right? And when we do that, um, we will start to understand that he's already kept so many of his promises. So um, this is where there was that moment in the sermon where I challenged us to think about where we've seen God keep his promises, because oftentimes we're thinking about like where we got what we wanted or where the situation worked out the way we thought it should. And those situations aren't necessarily because God didn't keep a promise. That's just our expectation wasn't uh, right in a sense. Right. You know, it was placed somewhere else, or we were wanting God to do something outside of what God has shown he'll do. And so I think for us, we have to, we have to be formed by slower practices. Like we just live in an instant world. Um, I said it before, um, but repetition is a gift of the spirit. We are uh, Instapot people with a slow cooker God, right? Like we want everything. We want to skip the line. We want to get it immediately. We want it to happen the way we want it to happen. And we've got to be people who are formed by a much slower story. Um, we've got to be people who realize that like there may be some things we never see happen in our life, but that doesn't mean they're not worth walking towards. And I think we see that on the pages of scripture. You know, we see people who wait 40 years, 500 years, uh, a ge generations to see things come to pass. And so um, I think we have to live with a little bit more freedom to know that like it's not, it may not come to the resolution or the end we want now, but that God's going somewhere. Right. God's going somewhere with this whole story. Um, and in that end, that redemptive end, everything good will come to pass. Everything will be made new. And so whether we get to experience all of that, some of that, a little bit of that, that's for us to learn to be more comfortable sitting in and to do things like uh, walk places instead of drive or uh, wait for something that we could have right away, de delay gratification, right? Um, be silent instead of feeling, being wordy in our prayers, like doing things that just cause us to have a slower outlook on what God's doing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you mentioned the whole food thing. I'm not knocking the Instant Pot because I love the Instant Pot. Just used it just a, just a little bit ago. Um, but you're right, man. It's not just necessarily about getting yourself used to slower processes, right? But when mm -hmm. you think about using that same Instapot versus slow cooker, um, you take a piece of meat and put it in the Instapot, it may be okay. But mm -hmm. when you wait the, the six to eight hours in the slow cooker, it's a different story. It's much oh, richer. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's more tender. It's, it's more, it's, it's just better. And so waiting often means that we're waiting for the better thing. That's, That's usually right. what it means. The richer thing. The, the, yes, I agree with you 100%, man. So another another point you made, right? First one was God keeps his promises. Second, you said God is actively working, right? Amen to that. Well, what's the difference between, and you mentioned about the expectations you touched on a little bit. What's the difference between looking for God to meet our expectations and his promises and when he's actually meeting his promises? Mm, yeah, that's good. I mean, I think... uh yeah, I think the promises are are probably more of the things that are kind of these are things we know of God's character, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than just the outcome of a situation. And I think that's how I would differentiate them. Like we know um God has promised to come. That was the big promise we talked about. Like he physically came as a as a baby. He physically rode this donkey in. He 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 promised the Holy Spirit, and we experienced that. We experienced life in the Spirit. These are things that God has promised, right? The mm -hmm. redemption, the restoration. These are things that only God can do, 
Um, and these are less outcome oriented things and they're more just like is or are mm. like these yeah. are just things that god is good right that's not yeah. tied to a specific outcome and so when we start to set our expectations on something and say like well um, i want this I, I'm, I'm i want this new job right or this opportunity that i've applied for and so i set my expectation that i'm gonna get it because i've been tired and i've been going to church i've been singing the songs doing the prayers i've been asking god and so surely i'm gonna get this job right and then you don't get it and you're like well okay god maybe you weren't maybe you weren't working or maybe you weren't good yeah. right and you start yeah. to question it but then there's another opportunity, right? Or there's something else on the other side of it. And you start to see your life in that way. And that's why I think it's so important for us to look at and know even our own stories and know the details of our own life, because yeah. we will see situations where, yeah, if I had asked for X, Y, Z and gotten it, then I wouldn't be in this situation, right? Mm, and yeah. that and that would have caused me to miss something that ultimately God was doing. And so I think I would distinguish those two things by saying the promises of God are things that are, they're sure, um, they're certain. Our expectations are outcomes that uh, we just start to miss that God's working either way, right? Um, we've got to be a people who are more willing to say, I, I choose to worship you, God, because you're good, whether I get this thing or not. Right. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. Well said, man. Well said. And so you had three points of application. Mm -hmm. Right. You kind of ended these. You said you have to know the story. Yep. And you made it clear that spending time in the Word, you have to look for Jesus in the story. Yep. And lastly, we should live in the story. Yeah. Right. So here's the question, and this is the last one. With so many different stories being told out there. Right. We talked about the, the impersonal forces, all there's so many different stories being told out there. How do we know when we're trusting in the right story? Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way apart from being steeped in the scripture, I think, mm -hmm. as a starting point. There's other ways um, the Holy Spirit can speak to us. I'm not I'm not saying that. But God's not going to say something to us that's not already been said in God's word, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we, we're, we, we've got to be a people who are in this story day in and day out, and we're surrounded by trusted community of people who are also in this story. And so where we, if, if we're starting to think or believe something that's outside of the bounds, we need friends in our life to come alongside and say, yeah, you're tripping. That's not what that's not what God said, right? right. And and you missed it. Or yeah. um when we're just not seeing it clearly to remind yeah. us of that truth or remind us of that promise. And I think this is what I love about our tradition and Anglicanism and and really any tradition that uses a lectionary or a specific Bible reading plan. I think there's a safety in that because we're not um just throwing the Bible on the table and seeing where it opens that day and thus saith the Lord, right? And going on about our day and being like, ha ha, there it is. It confirmed my bias or it, right. it said what I wanted it to say. No, right. we're slowly and thoughtfully reading through the whole council of scriptures on a yearly or two year or three year basis, depending on which plan you follow. And we're allowing that story um, to really be the, what is true, right? Mm -hmm. To be that North star um, because North is North is north you cannot yeah. go south and be going north right and right. so yeah. we have to stand against a culture that says truth is relative 
or truth can be discovered through our feelings or emotions or all these other kind of things that are, are pervasive in our world. If it's true for me, then that's good enough. And we have to say, no, there's an objective, real truth that God has given us in his word. We can we can read it, study it, know it, surround ourselves with people um, doing the same. And by God's grace and Holy Spirit, be made more aware daily um, of, of where we are in in relation to that truth. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, if you can leave us with one practice, I know we'll send out the sermon review guy that'll mm-hmm. have at least one. And you've already mentioned it. We have to be steeped in a word. But mm-hmm. if there was something more specific, more practical, what do you want? What do you want to leave people with this week, man? How, how, what, what, what can they do to embody what you hope, what you, what you sense the spirit calling us to through this sermon? Yeah, I want to call us to gospel meditation this week. And mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with gospel meditation, it's simply reading stories in the gospels. You can do it any part of the Bible, but the gospels tend to be really rich and it's choosing a story. It's sitting in that story. It's reading it. It's, you know, closing your eyes. It's being still. And it's really imagining your, imagine yourself in that story. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would say this week specifically, you've got today's story of Palm Sunday, like imagine yourself in that crowd. Imagine thousands of people, like imagine the heat of people's bodies against you. Imagine the yelling of Hosanna. Imagine the smell of the donkey coming in. Imagine the sight, you know, of Jesus far off and then right in front of you. Like imagine those things, right? Mm -hmm. And, And think about, and then discover what's happening in you. Are you excited? Are you joyful? Are you jubilant? Are you like, confuse what and write those things down and just participate in the story and you can do the same um with the lord's supper um imagine being at that table right imagine reclining with jesus imagine that moment that he he gives you the bread and says this is my body you taste that communion that we taste every week like when we start to do these practices it will start to create these uh pathways in our brain of familiarity right like the lighting of a candle or the a smell or a taste and these will start to be connected to this bigger spiritual story we're living in and i think what happens in us is we just start to be formed in a different kind of way um it just becomes we have a a god-saturated reality right like uh, what if we were a people who were just constantly talking to each other about what god was doing in our lives right about what god was doing in our experience with the word hey i was in this gospel passage today and uh, the sweat of of Jesus dripped on me when he passed by, and I just felt connected to him in a new way, and that gave me the boldness and the confidence to pursue Jesus for healing or or for someone's life, right? Like, what would happen if we started to be people who realized, like, this is not a fairy tale, right? Like, it's a really, really good story. It's like a lot of other stories, but this one's true. That's what we're standing on as Christian people. We're standing here saying, this one's true. There's other versions of creation stories. There's other versions of of Noah's Ark and epics, right? This one's true. That's what we're standing on and saying. And so live in that truth. Live in the Gospels. Um, Put your feet in the dirt with Jesus and just see um, what what begins to happen in your your life. Amen, man. Amen. Well, fantastic, brother. Again, great sermon. If if you guys haven't haven't uh, heard it, listen to it. I'm sure it's up. 
somewhere um, with the YouTube link. Somewhere. And, uh, somewhere, man. Somewhere. We'll, we'll get it up to you. You can go ahead and listen to it, watch it or listen to it. And um, and then kind of refer back to this guide and, and, and this this particular podcast here. man. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Pastor Benjamin, thank you again for being faithful to the word, man, preaching truth to us. Yeah. And until next time, brother, God bless. Peace. Peace.